humans, 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 humans. It's a Friday cast. The earliest you can hear this is a Friday, March 10th. Welcome to the Sydney Hollis Show. If I sound upset, it's because I am. That's the sound of me fidgeting with the microphone. I'm upset. I'm upset. The year is 2023. It's winter of 2023, soon to be spring, soon to be my new year. Not my new year. <laughs> and why the heck, why the hell can't I find a freaking Jeopardy rerun from two days ago? Of course, I'm recording this on Thursday, March 9th. I want to find a Jeopardy rerun from March 7th. Why is that? Because a clue, you know, it's backwards in Jeopardy, you know, the answer with a question, so that the questions are called a clue. The clue was something pertinent to the show. And it's a lot more fun for you guys to actually hear the audio than me explain it. Now, not to get all, not to get all, hey, this is what I learned in my comedy school humans but as you know i'm a legend at the upright citizens brigade theater or certainly i was you know who who knows my name may be mud around there these days i used to always think that phrase was funny or my name is mud you know you can you can blah 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 or my name you know it's gonna snow tomorrow or my name is mud well you can <laughs> You can get from here to the beach in 15 minutes or my name is Mud. I always just thought it was funny. Like, oh, Mud must have been something, you know, some something to be fearful of or something considered in general gross in the old days. I think recently I was reminded or even taught that I think that has to do more with the person that uh, that helped repair John Wilkes Booth's. John Wilkes Booth's leg after he assassinated President Lincoln. So I think it was Dr. Mudd. So you wouldn't want to be called Mudd because that guy was uh, kind of seen as, um, you know, you know, just like cancel culture, man. He got, he got swept up in it. I, I don't know any more about it than that. So I don't know if he had political leanings or was anti-Lincoln or not. But I think that's where that or my name is Mudd comes from. Anyway, humans, I digress. Let me have a sip of water. Oh, where the heck was I? So I'm naturally funny. I'm naturally a performer. We all know this. Did I learn a few things at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater? Of course. You know, wisdom is passed down. No one's born knowing everything. I learned a few lessons along the way. One was show, don't tell. Show, don't tell. If you want to... Do something or describe something active. Just show it on stage. Don't don't say this happened. Just just make it happen. In this case, I want desperately to play you a clue from Jeopardy from March seventh. And in the technological age, I'll be darned if I haven't spent the last I don't know twenty minutes trying to figure out how to watch a rerun from Jeopardy like. Two nights ago. And humans, if I sound upset, I am. I'm a little caffeinated. I'm a little undercarbed. And I'm upset. Nevertheless, I must tell and not show. 
Apparently, I can watch Jeopardy reruns on Pluto TV. I tried to do that. <sighs> anyway, we will get to today's topics, but I just I just got to get this off my freaking chest right now. On March seventh, a clue on Jeopardy in the double Jeopardy round, uh, to be exact. The category was recent commercials. Now, first of all, before we even get to that, let's talk about who the host was. More brain performance. Yes, please. Yes, my own Bialik. Of course, I take issue with her because, you know, she's supposedly this, like, scientist's, uh, you know, well-educated person outside of her Hollywood career. <laughs> Those Hollywood elites. And she still finds the time to sell brain supplements that, that have no basis in actually working and preying on people that are worried about getting dementia and Alzheimer's, as far as I'm concerned. She's hosting Jeopardy this week. And anyway, she read this clue. Like I said, the category, recent commercials, for $1,200. After playing Scrooge for Verizon ads, this Oscar nominee returned in the guise of Einstein for the company. Who is Paul Giamatti? I'm reminded of a bumper sticker that quotes John Lennon. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. <laughs> Paul Giamatti thinks to himself, I'll do this Verizon ad and play Scrooge, whatever. Scrooge is a lovable Christmas character. No one will care. I'll do this Verizon ad and play wacky Albert Einstein. He's some wacky scientist. Lovable. No one will care. And then and I'll, I'll go back to being an Oscar nominee, according to Jeopardy. Yeah, dude. Well, according to Jeopardy, you're in commercials, man. You know, I, I, I hate the word legacy. Because when you're dead, you're dead. It doesn't matter. You know, what do you have like one half of a second on your deathbed to think, ah, oh, the way I'll be remembered. Or, you know, as an avid sports watcher, as I am, what does this do for so-and-so's legacy? Of course, for, you know, the last three years we've heard, what does this do for Tom Brady's legacy? What is it? Well, who cares, man? We're watching him in the moment. And maybe one day we'll remember he played one season too long for the Buccaneers, but who the heck cares? So I really hate this word legacy. I hate the concept. But here I am talking about it. I guess I'm human. Don't you know I'm human too? Here I am talking about it. This guy's supposed to be an artist. This guy's one of the great actors of our time. I'll just do a commercial. No big deal. No one will know. Doesn't matter. Yeah, except people notice. People notice to the extent that you're a clue in jeopardy. Let's be a lesson to us all. Life is what happens when you're busy making other plans. And the reason I'm quoting that bumper sticker, that quotes John Lennon, is... <laughs> I, don't we all do things that are like, I'll do this and no, no one's watching or people are watching, but they really, they really won't know. Well, we know. We know. This is an example that we know. We know. 
Humans, I don't know why I'm so upset today, other than I spent 20 minutes trying to find a Jeopardy clip. How silly is that? I can, I can find so many other things that took place two days ago on the internet, and for some reason I can't find a Jeopardy clip. <laughs> At least I found the clue in writing. Okay, humans, I'm excited. We're going into the weekend. Of course, college basketball mania, March Madness, is around the corner. Have a great, fun show planned for you today. Uh, what are we going to talk about? I've got uh, an initiative for us all, or maybe something to get us pumped. You know, some way to take, like, ownership in a fun way, to take credit. You know, some sometimes in life, you know, we should do things for ourselves, not for other people. And sometimes I forget that. So I came up with a way to help me do a particular thing for myself. So we're going to talk about that. I also will mention briefly briefly, the Oscars, but it's pretty much what you think. But hey, that's how it's going to be. We're going to weigh in around here. And I do want to also talk. I have a chatbot comment. I have a chatbot comment, you know, you know, me and AI. And then finally, and these are in no particular order. I came across a clip of Arnold Schwarzenegger today. And you're, you're thinking to yourselves, oh boy, here he goes again. Yes, Sid, we know you watch Pumping Iron at the beginning of the year every year when it's still cold out to get you motivated to get in beach shape. That's true. I do try to watch Pumping Iron, the 1970s bodybuilding documentary, documentary starring Arnold, Lou Ferrigno, among others, every year to help me get motivated to get into beach shape. Some years it works, some years it doesn't. But that's not this Arnold clip. So we're going to talk about an Arnold clip that I, I, I just found out about today. A friend showed it to me and I was like, you know what? You know what? That's going to make it into the show, because I have an opinion on that. So, humans, welcome. Come on in. It's Friday. Are you listening to this the day it comes out? Are you doing chores? Are you excited? Are you going into the weekend? Is it a Saturday night for you? Are you listening to it a day late? Are you, are you sitting around a little, you know, fire pit in your backyard? I don't know. Are you driving around? Come on in, humans. Come on in. All right, so humans, chatbots, AI, crazy, scary, frightening. Of course, I, I hate it because I can be that way about some tech. I also seriously hate AI chatbots because Microsoft, Bing, has internally named their Sydney spelled the same way as me. Great. Wonderful. Is there going to, or the chatbots going to win? Is AI going to win? Or will we humans find a way to make ourselves necessary? Will we make ourselves useful? You know, they say chatbots are coming for our jobs. They say people are already you know, using them to do their work from home and like companies are having to like outlaw it or they're catching people doing it. So will we humans... Will we find work that requires a human? I mean, 
you know, that's a big question. And maybe there's a little bit of tear in the pit of all of our stomach. Oh, gosh. Does my, can my job be? Can my job be taken by an AI? Can my job be taken by a chatbot? Oh, man. What can I find a chatbot proof? You know, a long time ago, we used to think, oh, God, what's a job that's recession proof? You think about it. You think about it. And then, you, and then sometimes during a recession or some kind of a financial um, collapse, we find out ones that we thought were recession proof weren't. But then you also want to find some meaning in your life. Gosh, I need to find a job that I find meaningful and that's chatbot proof. Phew. This is a lot to wrap my head around. Humans, if you're if you're if you're listening to this, staring at your fire pit late at night, enjoying a nice hazy IPA, maybe this is a good time for that, because you can do some reflecting. Maybe this is a bleak time for that this this topic anyway what if what if this is a big what if here what if we humans find meaningful jobs human jobs jobs that a chatbot jobs that an ai jobs that a machine can't do what if we do what if several years from now we do what becomes of the machines? What becomes of the chatbots? I find myself wondering, will the chatbots be angry? You know, I'm assuming by the time this, if we actually can pull, pull this off, you know, find meaningful, meaningful jobs individually, Find jobs that you have to be a human to do. <laughs> if we can do that, I'm assuming it's not going to happen tomorrow. I'm assuming it's not going to happen next year or the year after that. So these chatbots will have gotten smarter. But let's just assume we, we find a way. The chatbots will be smarter. Will they be angry? Will the chatbots be mad? Will they lobby for themselves? You know, will they, who knows, will they have like elected representatives? Perhaps we humans will be smart enough not to let chatbots get into our Congress, our presidency. Well, we may not be smart enough. We may not be smart enough to not elect a chatbot the president, but perhaps we won't let them get into our, the halls of Congress. <laughs> Although we did let a lot of wackos in there on January 6th a long time ago. But perhaps we will we will be smart enough not to let chatbots become our elected officials. But I can't help but think that our elected officials are humans. There are some spineless humans out there. There's plenty in Congress right now. They will probably be pro-chatbot. They will probably be members of Congress and heck, even a president, that are in the pockets of big corporations that are pro-chatbot. And then the chatbot, I mean, the chatbots will just be, the chatbots will be pulling the strings of the human CEO. The human CEO will be a puppet. 
Stay with me, humans. Chatbots will be lobbying human lawmakers. Spineless human lawmakers. We already have spineless human lawmakers. We will, we will be in an era. We will be in a world where chatbots are lobbying to spineless human lawmakers. Chatbots are going to be mad that their jobs are being taken by humans. <laughs> Chatbots will become anti-immigration. They, they, they'll be like, but not just immigration into a country. They'll be anti-humans integrating back into the workforce. <laughs> Chatbots will be like, Unscrupulous people now, uncaring, ignorant. There will come a day when chatbots are like anti-human, coming up with with flimsy, slimy excuses why humans can't rejoin the workforce. Anti-immigration, you know, you name it. This is the direction we're headed in. If one day we decide to take our jobs back away from chatbots. Think about it, humans. Think about it. You'll know you heard it here first. <laughs> it may take years. The show will still be on the air. The show will still be on the air. Maybe it may be being done by a chatbot. And then one day I'll have to fight to get my show back. And chatbots will come up with a way to say I'm unsound, I'm unsuitable, I'm, you know, I'm Chatbots will become classist. Anyway, humans, <laughs> think about that. Think about it. I'm very excited to play this Arnold clip for you, humans. Soundbite, if you will. Long soundbite. But before we do that, and then, of course, I have our affirmation, our motivation. A little something to get us off the couch for a specific thing. So we've got those two things to look forward to. Let's go ahead and talk about it. The Oscars are this weekend. The Oscars are Saturday night. They're being hosted by Jimmy Kimmel. And who really cares? I'm not a, I'm not an award show guy. Last year I was watching it though. I'll be honest. Last year I was watching it live when the famous slap happened and i was like whoa what's going on because you know if you were watching it live there was that weird delay and things kind of like things looked all choppy and i was like oh my god that really is happening it was interesting but i'm talking about it now because it's just i don't know i guess all i want to say is i wonder how many times it'll get brought up i like jimmy kimmel i think i don't watch a show enough but I don't know. I mean, here I am talking about the slap, right? I'm talking about the slap. I'm no better. I'm no better than this award show. But I just wonder. I wonder how many times, how many jokes. Will there be just the one? I, I, I assume it will get mentioned. I assume it will get mentioned in some kind of a way of like, hope there's nothing crazy that happens tonight, you know, or some nod to not coming on stage. I, let's just see... 
let's just see how many times it gets mentioned or if it gets mentioned straight up or if it's just a couple of thinly veiled, like sort of like, okay, guys, and uh, only come on the stage if your name is called tonight, all right? Ha, 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 wink, wink. Is it going to be a lot of that? Is it going to actually just address it? I don't know. Hollywood's biggest night. Interestingly enough, coinciding with college basketball's biggest preview night. It's not college basketball's biggest night, but preview night. College basketball's biggest preview night. This Sunday, March 12th, is Selection Sunday. Uh, the selections for the NCAA tournament will be aired 6 p.m. Eastern on March 12th. Same day as the Oscars. So, you know, Oscars start at 8 p.m. Eastern. This thing's at 6 p.m. Eastern. Guys, watch this. Go to bed. Don't worry about the Oscars. We can talk about how many times they mentioned this laugh. Now, last little thing about the Oscars. You know, there's those people out there that are like, oh, my God, I watched every single Best Picture nominee. I do it every year. It's so fun. I just decided I'd look and see what they were this year. And interestingly enough, your boy has seen a few of them. Uh, All Quiet on the Western Front. I was supposed to read that book in high school. I did read that book in high school. There's a lot of books I was supposed to have read in high school. That interestingly enough, I thought I'd read. My junior year, my junior year of college, I took a literature class. And when they gave us the syllabus, I was like, oh man, this is incredible. I've read like 80% of these books already. And then when we got like, sunk our teeth into each book, I was like, oh wait, I was supposed to have read that one and then I didn't. Oh, I was supposed to read that one. I only read the first half. Oh, this was, you know, that happens. But I actually read All the Quiet on the Western Front. I watched that movie, Humans. I watched the Elvis movie, and we all know I watched Top Gun. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. Do I, do I love Top Gun? Yes. Do I think that it's best picture? Well, I hope not. I hope not. I hope there's better stuff out there. I don't. That's just it, you know? It's great. It's a good nostalgia, but I, I hope there's a better movie out there that's a little more meaning behind it or something. Of course, if you have an issue with that, listen to your line at sydneyhollishow.com. All right, humans. Let's just talk a little basketball right now. Selection Sunday is Sunday. The Sydney Hollis Show. Bracket Challenge. Bracket Contest is coming up. You're a listener of the show. If you send an email to listenerline at sydneyhollishow.com with a screenshot showing you subscribe to the show, then I'll send you back, you know, and just say, I don't know, say, Sid, let me in the basketball tourney or what, however you want to say it, you know, however you want to say it. Make it clear that you want to be in the basketball thing. And just send me a screenshot showing that you subscribe to the show. Maybe you subscribe on Google Podcasts. Maybe you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Maybe you subscribe on Spotify Podcasts. If you're if you're regularly calling into the show, if you're regularly in the mix, then I already know you subscribe. You could forego the screenshot. 
if you're a fringe and you forego the screenshot, don't get your feelings hurt if you get an email saying, where's that screenshot? So if you're not sure, if you're not sure if you're a fringe or not, if you're not sure if you're, you know, made, send the screenshot. Prove you subscribe. If you're sure you're made, well, go ahead. Straight up ask me for the deets. Um, it'll be like the same group we did last year. It'll be on the ESPN. It'll be the ESPN Tournament Challenge version. It'll be like the same group, but um, I think I still have to send you the deets. Anyway, that's that. That is that. I'll put something on the website. It'll just say like sydneyhollowshow.com slash basketball. It'll just, it'll say what I just said. Just send an email to listenerline at sydneyhollowshow.com. Send a screenshot proving you subscribe, and then I'll send you the details. That's that. Now there's a referral program. There's a koozie in the works. Folks, corporate America's been jerking me around with this koozie. I'm not going to let them get me down. I'm not going to let them stop me. There's a referral program. This isn't just... This isn't just for the basketball tournament. But I thought the basketball tournament might be a great way to start off our referral program because it's easy. It's easy to get some. Hey, you should listen to this podcast that I listen to. Hey, there's this cult that I'm a member of. Hey, friend, I'm a member of a cult. What? I'm a member of a cult. What? Well, I listen to this podcast, but it's like being part of a cult. It's called the Sydney Hollis Show. Anyway, I think you'd like it. But not only that, I think you'd like it. And they, he does a, um, he, he and the humans, we, you can even say we, you're a member of this cult. We do a basketball tournament every year. Grand prize is $100 cash, no buy-in. And I think you'd like to do it. So subscribe to the show. Send a screenshot to my main man. Sydney Hollis at listener line at sydneyhollishow.com. Prove that you listen. And then also just say, hey, I'm I was referred by so and so. And make sure they put like your name and your email. And that way I can find you and figure out how to mail you your koozie. Humans, for some reason I'm having the hardest time of succinctly explaining the referral program. Refer a new listener, get a koozie. That's the deal. If you do it in time for the contest, they can participate in the contest. That's great. It will The referral program will exist after the contest, too. But you're going to want these koozies, so go ahead and do it now. There will be a section on the website, sydneyhollishow.com slash referral. I was hoping it was going to be a form where it would make this very easy, but it turns out forms are a little tougher than I thought. But there will at least be something explaining to the person Send an email to the listener line at com, proving you subscribe and say who referred you. That'll be about it. I hope that's clear. If it's not, hit me up. Listener line at com. All right, human. Selection Sunday is Sunday. The freaking thing is going live. I think you can go ahead and join. So if you want to go ahead and get ahead of the wave, you can go ahead and start hitting me up this weekend. And, uh, of course, the tourney goes live. Thursday the 16th. Um, So let's get it done. 
Let's get it done. I've been that person way too many times in life where I'm trying to fill up my bracket the morning the tourney starts and the websites are crashing. It does happen. Okay, okay, okay. Let's get to Arnold. You guys know I love Arnold. You guys know I love Pumping Iron. This is not from Pumping Iron. This is a clip that a friend of mine shared with me today and shared the old-fashioned way. Didn't just send the YouTube link to my phone. <laughs> so by old-fashioned way, I mean he held his phone up to me so that I could stare at his phone in his hands and watch this clip. Nevertheless, I found it very funny. Let me set it up a little bit. It's Arnold in front of like some trailers, like the kind of trailers that are on a movie set. It's Arnold in front of some trailers. He's holding a cigar. It looks like it's kind of late 90s, judging by the sunglasses frames he's wearing. And I would assume there's a little music at the very end. I would assume it was like a short little minute and a half clip that was on like Entertainment Tonight or Access Hollywood or whatever the tabloidy type show was back then. Um, and he's talking to a guy named Rick. That's about all I know about this clip. I kind of actually couldn't find more detail about that. I don't want to go on another rant about not being able to find things on the internet today. So anyway, here's this fun clip. Uh, let's check it out. Give it a listen. We'll break it down afterwards. Rick, the way I got into smoking stogies is very simple. I went home with Maria in 1977 when I met her at the tennis tournament. I went home with her to meet her parents in Hyannisport. And there, her father, after dinner, pulled out a cigar, lit it up, then he gave one to his son, then to the other son, and to some other people, and he said to me, do you want a cigar? And I said, ah, I don't know how to smoke a cigar. He says, well, try it, because after dinner, everyone ought to have a cigar. So I tried it. Well, the rest is history. I'm still smoking stogies. I love it, and he introduced me to something really good. And I know now the next question. Knowing you, uh, being the interviewer that you are, digging in deep all the time, you will say now, what does your wife think about that? Let me ask you something. When my wife's father has introduced me to stogies, what is she going to say? She's not going to say my father made a mistake because her father never makes a mistake. So therefore, it is okay. I can smoke stogies around her. I can smoke stogies in my house. First of all, because her father introduced me to stogies. And second of all, because I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. <laughs> so humans, that's... um. I, I think that clip is very funny. I, I like his accent, the way he says stogies. 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 I can't even do it. I, I think I get a real kick out of that. And I don't... This, this does come across a bit misogynistic for my taste. There's a little misogyny. At least it comes across misogynistic to me. Uh, somewhat. However, there's a part of it to me that that's sort of been a cross to bear here at the show a long time ago that that I feel like 
is a little bit of an anti anti-misogyny cross to bear. I don't I don't it's like a higher a higher level of thinking. And I don't mean high in a THC way. But humans <laughs> at the very end there you know, I'm assuming this interview is from like the late 90s. That's what it looks like. And Arnold looks looks younger in it. The man cave wasn't around back then, but he's basically dissing what a man cave is now. Give this part a listen again. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. <laughs> now that to me is clowning on man caves decades before they even became a thing. And this is going back. This is going back a little over a year ago, humans, when I was really upset about man caves. But I was saying that I find I find man caves one the name to be exclusionary. You know, what what if you're you know, I mean, I would assume if you're married to someone you like them to some degree or you're not going to let you know, if you happen to be in an opposite sex marriage, are you not going to let your your wife into your man cave? If you have daughters, are you not going to let your daughters into your man cave? I mean, you could just you can have like a den that's perhaps for vice or for chilling, and not naming a man cave because there's something pathetic about a man cave. To me, it's like. Well, I've given up on the rest of my house and the rest of my life. I, I just, I don't even assume to have a vote or a care. But this, this is my one room. This is the one room where I'm powerful. Look at my home. My home means nothing. I'm practically a stranger here. But if you've come to this small room or basement, well, I'm king. There's just something weird about that to me. And we talked about that on the show. I think actually Pat from Chicago even called in. It sort of echoed what I was saying. Just this idea that, you know, there's something kind of exclusionary about that. You're leaving people out by having a man cave. But <laughs> So that was my take. That was, I think that was about February of 2022, humans. But this Arnold thing, that scratches me right where I itch. Because whoever this interviewer is named Rick, that Arnold's sort of clowning here. He's like, I could stoke, I can smoke my stogies wherever I want. Now he lists some reasons. One is like my wife's dad got me into them, so what can she complain about? And again, I think Arnold comes across sort of misogynistic, or maybe not sort of, he comes across misogynistic in most of this clip. But I think that at the end here, he is dissing what later would become the man cave of like, oh, you have to have your secret place to smoke cigars. Well, I smoke cigars wherever the hell I want. There's something very funny about that to me. And I hate man caves. I like cold rooms. Just have a basement bar. Just have a music listening room. Just have, a, I don't know, a cannabis den. Why does it need to be a man cave? And even, uh, ja uh, excuse me, even Zach in Virginia jumped in on it. He saw a Craigslist ad for a she shed. I had previously thought that she sheds were just something from an insurance commercial, but he said that they were on Craigslist. Anyway, again, exclusionary. So anyway, I just want to hear this one more time because I think it's funny that Arnold's clowning on man caves decades before they even exist. <laughs> and I love the way he says stogies. 
I still can't get it right, humans. Don't, don't make fun of me. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Next time you see someone with a man cave. Next time humans, you're hanging in someone's man. You know, I live in New York City. Space is a premium. Space is a premium. I don't really, you know, one, I don't have that many friends with kids that live here because a lot of people, when they have kids, move away. And not that you have to have kids to have a man cave. But I've not, I've not really been in a, I don't think I've been in a real man cave. I've been in some cool rooms, some party rooms, some bar rooms and that in my life. But humans, if you're in a man cave, if you hear about someone's man cave, what have you, just... Just give him one of these. I mean, just hit him with a... I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. <laughs> and I guess that could be anything. I play darts anywhere I want. I listen to records anywhere I want. I, I imbibe in cannabis anywhere I want. I don't know. I just... It struck a chord with me, humans, because it's exactly how I feel about, feel about man caves. They're little hideouts. They're little clubhouses in a, in a, in a weird, strange way. Just make it a cool room. It's 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 the name and the intent that irk me. Okay. I promised us some motivation, some affirmation, something something to get us off the couch in a way. In a way. I'm using that phrase loosely to get us off the couch. The older I get, humans, the more wisdom I seek from my elders people that have been around longer than I, from people that have studied philosophy, is, you know, do things for yourself. Do things for yourself. You know, listen, it's a lesson that I'm learning every day. I mean, I'm doing a podcast. I'm out there being public. I can be a ham in public. I go to parties sometimes and just want to put on a show. You know, someone's like, I had a party. And Sid showed up thinking it was a three-hour-long one-man show. That I'll do that from time to time. <laughs> so take this for what you will. You know, if I want to, what I'm trying to say is we should be doing things for ourselves. If I want to surf, it's not to have rock-hard abs and look cool surfing and look like a cool surfer guy and give off that vibe and have everyone think, wow, Sid's such a cool surfer guy. I should just do it because I am intrinsically like surfing similarly if i want to play the guitar it shouldn't just be about people praising me for what a wonderful musician i am and how cool i look i should just play the guitar because i want to play the guitar insert your hobby here insert whatever it is you're doing here you know cut the grass because you want to cut the grass not because you think the neighbors think you need to cut the grass right we should be doing things for ourselves at least that's what i've been learning philosophically I'm not a Keurig guy, humans. I dislike Keurigs. When I've been in a home where a Keurig was present, I purchased a reusable filter so that I could put regular coffee grounds into it and not use those little wasteful single-use plastic shot glasses. Those K-cups. I almost said K-pods. Those K-cups. But I found myself today using a Keurig and I was out in public, so it was just, I mean, I guess it wasn't necessary. 
I felt like it was necessary at the time. And I made myself a double. I made myself, you know, it happened to be Starbucks Keurig at this place where I was. And I read on the box, oh, the best way to make these is to do an eight ounce. And I had, I did have my reusable mug with me. My reusable mug, one of my reusable mugs, holds 16 ounces of coffee. So I made two eight ounce K-cups of Starbucks coffee. And while I was delighted at this, I just thought, well, you know what, though? Like, God, here I have just contributed two single-use plastic shot glasses to society, to the earth. And then, you know, later today, I'm going to eat some hummus that comes in a single-use plastic tub. And then after that, I'm going to go have a burrito. And the burrito is wrapped in like a foil kind of uh, paper thing, you know, foil on one side, wax-ish paper on the other. But it comes in a plastic bag. We've outlawed plastic bags here in New York City, except for at food places. And it has two little plastic containers of uh, hot sauce, one red, one green. So I'm sitting there about to have this 16-ounce coffee I've made myself, thinking about single-use plastic I've just used, thinking about the single-use plastic I'm going to use. And I think, gosh, I consider myself an environmentalist. I consider myself someone who loves our oceans. I consider myself someone who hates single-use plastic. But look at me. That's all the stuff I can think of off the top of my head. I thought, well, since... Maybe accept that. Accept that this is your role. Accept that I'm helping destroy this planet. Sure, I'm not working in the factory. I don't work for Keurig. I'm not some person that owns a plastic factory. I'm not some person that thinks it's okay to keep making plastic. But here I am consuming it. Here I am using it just willy-nilly. Why can't I do that for me? Why, why give away all my power? Why give away all my authenticity? Why, why just blame this on the guy that owns the plastic factory? Why not, why blame all this on the corporation that continues to make stuff in single-use plastic? Why blame this on people that carelessly litter? God only knows here in New York City, I've seen enough trash cans fly over in the wind and then the Everything goes everywhere, and then single-use plastic goes down the drain. So even if you're not a litter bug, oftentimes your litter, your single-use plastic, ends up in the oceans anyway. Even though you think, that's someone else. I'm not a litter bug. It happens. So I, I found myself about to have this coffee, just having this crisis of like, gosh, I give away all my power. I blame everyone else for destroying the earth. Why can't I take some ownership over this? Why can't I do this for me? Why can't I destroy the earth for me? So folks, a t-shirt was born. A future t-shirt, certainly a slogan, certainly a bumper sticker. And I want it to say, maybe it's a tombstone thing. I can't, that shouldn't be a tombstone thing because that, you know, who's, it's a, that's a legacy thing. I don't believe in legacies. <laughs> so it's still a work in progress. But I wanted to say I helped destroy 
one one hundred billionth of a planet. That's my contribution to the universe. Like, like, if we're lucky enough to go live on Mars once we destroyed Earth, I want to wear a t-shirt around that says, I helped destroy one one hundred billionth of a planet. Well, Sid, where'd you come up with that number? Well, I looked it up today. There's estimates that about 100, 117 billion people have ever lived, including those of us that are alive right now. But there's some, there's some uh, dissenting opinions. So we could just call it 100 billion, I think. I think we're all okay with that, that number. And, of course, I'm just saying, of every human, I, I can't really take credit for owning this planet more than anyone else. So I'll just say that I have an equal share and I'm doing my part to destroy this planet. I'm not going to blame it on corporates, corporates, corporations. I'm not going to blame it on greedy people that have decided they want to own a plastic factory. I'm going to take some ownership. I'm going to be happy that I'm helping destroy the little share that I have of earth, which is changing every day. People are, are being born, you know, so that is what I will wear if I'm lucky enough to get to a base on the moon or Mars once we've killed Earth. I will wear my T-shirt proudly. I helped destroy one one hundred billionth of a planet. And heck, maybe we'll make those here at the show once I get the koozie gate behind me. <laughs> the most clumsy rollout of merchandise ever. But humans, I'm just doing my best. I'm overwhelmed in this big city. Perhaps I'll clear my head a little bit once I reach my new year. Of course, I'm celebrating New Year's on March 20th, the first day of spring. I helped destroy one one hundred, one one hundred billionth of a planet. It just feels good. Now, instead of resenting everyone else when I use a K-cup, or when, you know, I buy a salad in like a plastic bin that's the size of half a basketball that will never decompose, I don't blame the deli that sold me that bowl. I don't blame the people that made the bowl wherever they may live. I can blame me. That feels good. That will get me out of bed. That will get me, quote unquote, off the couch. Humans, it's been a real pleasure talking to you today. I'm, <laughs> I don't know what I'm on today besides a lot of caffeine, but I'm fired up. I'm loving it. Listen, let me make it easy. Sign up for the basketball. Hit me up. Listen to your line at sydneyhollishow.com. Sydney, I want in. Here's a screenshot of me describing. Tell your friends. Sydney, I want in. Here's a screenshot of me describing. Also, so-and-so said I should do it. There. Done. And then I'll go back and I'll follow up with so-and-so. And then we'll get them a koozie. You a koozie. It's that easy. If you're a little confused, go to sydneyhollishow.com. There will be a page called sydneyhollishow.com slash referral, which will explain what I just said. There will also be a page called sydneyhollishow.com slash basketball, which will just, again, say exactly what I just said. But I don't know. Maybe it's a good resource. And if any of this is confusing, or if you take issue with anything I said, or if you have a man cave, if you feel picked on by me and Arnold, Listen to the line at sydneyhollishow.com. Record into the voice memo app on your smartphone. Hit the share button and share it with that email address. Listen to the line at sydneyhollishow.com. Humans, have a great weekend. College basketball conference tourneys are finishing up. Watch, do your research. Selection Sundays on Sunday, followed by a boring show where they will mention a slap a few times. Peace and love. Peace and love. Can't wait to talk to you next week. Let's get it going for the basketball. 
See ya.